You're listening to On the Air with Penn State Do Boys. You're listening to the Chancellor's Chat. Hello, my name is Jung Ryu. I'm the Chancellor and Chief Academic Officer at Penn State Do Boys. And I'm so happy to share these wonderful stories with you from our beautiful Penn State Do Boys community. Welcome to the Chancellor's Chat. Today I have Johnny Williams with me. Johnny is the engineering technologist for our Launchbox, and we're so happy to have him here. It's great being here. Thanks for having me, JR. Please tell us about yourself. Where did you spend your childhood? Where did you go to school? Yeah, so I actually grew up here in central Pennsylvania, um, over in Clearfield. I grew up there my entire life. Uh, really, really loved the area here, uh, but whenever it came time to go to college, I really wanted to kind of get out of central Pennsylvania and and get a feeling for somewhere else. So uh, I spent five years up in Rochester, New York at Rochester Institute of Technology studying computer engineering. But really in that time away, I realized that I I really liked the area and the small town feel and everything else. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to come back to the area after I was done. Yeah, that must have been a big change from here to, I guess, Rochester is in New York, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, upstate New York. It's beautiful up there, and I I had a lot of fun. Um, Mm -hmm. But obviously, big city, you know, things... Uh, it's a little bit different than a small town. And, of course. And it's, yeah. it was nice to be back in the area. Yeah. You like to be in a smaller town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of nice, you know, whenever you go to the store and you see people that you know and, you know, you can go out and roam the streets and, you know, talk and have genuine conversations with people. So Ex- Excellent. So congratulations on your successful six months with Penn State. I know you started in June. July. Oh, was it in July? Okay, July July. last year. Share a little bit about your professional journey before Penn State. Absolutely, yeah. I I graduated in 2013 uh, with my degree in computer engineering. Prior to that, I'd been doing summer work for the local municipal authority in Clearfield and uh, really got to know the water and wastewater industry real well. And after I graduated, I was afforded the opportunity to actually uh, join the municipal authority as an assistant manager and IT supervisor. So I really took an interest in the automation of plants. Um, Everybody thinks about water and wastewater and doesn't realize how complicated the the chemistry is for that, but also the true electronics and workings behind it. Um, So at that point, we had an automated water filtration plant that had just came online in 2009. Uh, nobody at the authority really knew too much about automation and what it was, so I helped take care of that plant, and uh, that year we actually changed out a number of sites inside of our telemetry system. So I started diving real deep into telemetry, radio communications, um, instrumentation, and that sort of stuff. So I, I did that for a number of years until in 2016 I was afforded the opportunity to become the manager of the authority. So at that point I stepped into more of a management role, but still real hands-on. and I. I really enjoyed the work at the authority because I see that as kind of being something that was different every day that you walk in. Um, Nobody anticipates the water line to break at two o'clock in the morning, but whenever it does, you got to go out and fix it. So Mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun um, and and really an interesting industry to be in that I I think everybody just turns on the water and thinks it shows up there. But uh, it it was a real good time and getting to know something that obviously a lot of people don't know how, how it works. 
Yeah, that's almost like air, right? Yeah. And people don't complain about it until, <laughs> <laughs> until <laughs> they don't have any water. So <laughs> you got to take that shower in the morning and the faucet doesn't turn on, then it's yeah. a problem. Yeah. And that's a lot of responsibility, too. And Absolutely. it's a safety, I would say, issue. Yeah, right? yeah, it's a it's a public yeah. health thing. Um, yeah. And so, you know, we, we look looked at it and obviously, you know, you've got a lot of people's hands, you know, lives in your hands whenever you're, you know, treating the drinking water and, and sending that out. So you, you were not only kind of like a business that you were operating and selling a product and that being water, but you're also kind of like that health conscious that, you know, we always had to watch out for the, the nursing homes and we had a list of critical patients um, kind of that we would notify whenever there was a water breaking because uh, there was a large dialysis center and everything. So any disruption of that water supply could be critical in that. So it was, it was a lot of, a lot of kind of juggling different things from anything from the emergency side of things because, you know, fire hydrants, you know, big structure fires, you got to worry about continuing that water supply to obviously, you know, you, you run into the environmental side of things. So a lot of dealing with uh, local politicians in trying to receive grants and keep up with industry trends in terms of water treatment. And uh, a lot of this area has aging infrastructure, which is a big thing, you know, in the water and wastewater industry. So how, how do you, you know, keep a pipe that's been in the ground for 100 years to continually flow water? And, and yeah. when is the time to start doing replacements yeah, and, yeah. and modernization, really? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you definitely had this wonderful experience to build a really solid foundation for your current job because you have to work with a lot of you know our community members, reach out to companies. You know, you have to work with a lot of stakeholders. So your previous job must have been a really good experience for you. Absolutely, it, it was. And uh, getting in front of people, you know, it's something that you really don't know and. Uh, I, I always see it as becoming prepared for the unexpected, you know, in a, in a public meeting, you never know what questions are going to be asked and, you know, and how to handle, you know, customers, whether it be a good or bad experience and everything else. It's, it's real life lessons that you can't really, you know, be taught too much without having to deal with it yourself. Yeah. What motivated you to join Penn State and the North Central Pennsylvania Lunchbox? So I, I think early on, whenever the, I, came about of having this kind of makerspace idea lab. Um, I got involved a little bit um, because I had a history of doing 3D printing, especially at home, and at that point uh, got to know Brad and John real well. And I had started kind of from a ground level just becoming an instructor for a continuing education course, the rapid prototyping course we put together. But really through that, I started to get a deeper interest in not only kind of the, the makerspace, um, aspect of it but also the being able to impact people businesses and just their lives um you know i, I always kind of like to tinker with things whenever i was a kid you know try and make new inventions tear things apart put them back together and that's really what this job is is you know taking a problem and t dissecting it and being able to work out something and working with people and helping them kind of realize their dreams of you know if i if i've got a product and i want to bring it to market Sometimes it's really getting that first tangible thing that you can show somebody and say, this is what I've made. That is, that is the satisfying part of the job to me. Yeah, in a sense, it's a continuation of what you were doing at the water treatment plant, you know, helping others. But in this case, you, know, you 
have a huge impact on entrepreneurs. Absolutely, yeah, that's the way I saw it. Was the the thing I loved most about my job at, at the municipal authority was that no two days were going to be the same. And it's the same thing with the lab that every day after we unlock the door, you never know who's coming through with what problem. Uh, we've done anything from big industry down to the individual that, you know, there was a broken part from my cabinet and I'm just trying to find a replacement and there's nothing out on the market. Um, so it's, it's kind of a lot of, a lot of different varying things. We've done anything, you know, with the faculty here from replacing, you know, uh, little models, that sort of thing, to actually creating new products. So I think that's that's the fun thing as well, is that it's just, just like I was doing, and you can't expect what's going to come into the day. Yeah, now your title is engineering technologist. What is the most rewarding part or challenging part of your job? I think the rewarding and challenging part are both almost the same and that's being able to help people um, trying to have somebody that has a new idea and work through that process can sometimes you know be a little a little tough at times because you've got an idea for something in your head but really how do we make it into a real object um, but really whenever you get that done and you bring that out and you, you're able to show the person hey this is you know this is what you had in your mind and here it is inside the real world. That, that's the satisfying part to me, being able to help people, really. And you only have 24 hours a day. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Your role is critical in our community outreach and workforce development efforts. What do you believe has been the key to your success in connecting with our community members? I think really it's been the organic growth that we've experienced. Um, you know, whenever we opened the doors, uh, that was still kind of during COVID and, you know, it was tough to kind of meet with businesses and everything else. And then obviously as I came on full time here uh, back in Jul July, it's really started to grow organically. You know, we had a couple customers that we were working with prior to that, but as people grow to understand what we're doing and what we're offering, and then word gets out through the community because of a number of individuals that we've just helped, um, it's it's getting to know the people and it's not like that we had a huge customer base day one so i've really got to work well with these people spend time with them and and at this point they're not really a number you know you, you get to know these people their backstory and what's going on and you know they they come back and reach out for other problems that they might have and everything but really getting in, out into the community and experience experiencing kind of that word of mouth uh growth has been i think critical right right and like you said, you know, not treating anybody, you know, as number, but really being, you know, uh, caring and showing your care. I think that makes a huge difference. Absolutely. And also following through. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And I like to treat it that, you know, we're, we're just not like a 3D printing service. You know, we're here to be able to help and really try and troubleshoot problems, too. So, you know, we've, we've done a number of experiments on mm -hmm. things just to see you know, what industry needs and what particular materials might work for an object. And we, we really work with a, somebody through that problem, so. Yeah. I know everybody's appreciating your service <laughs> out there. Can you share some specific moments or initiatives that you think contributed to earning community trust? Yeah, I think that really it, it was those beginning steps of not saying no to an idea that were critical with that. So working with companies and as they came up with a new idea, 
uh, a lot of what we've been focusing in lately has been end effectors for robotics and, you know, just exploring what the possibilities are with that. And it kind of just spurred off of a, by chance, we were scanning something for somebody one day and they said, hey, we're, we're kind of looking into this. You know, we have a 3D printer, but it doesn't really always function what, the way that we think it would. Can you maybe print off a couple of these? And they were just simple, you know, grabbers and that sort of stuff. And we've got into some really interesting um, products with that person just because of getting that kind of firsthand experience of, you know, here's this part, let us know how it functions. Um, and kind of providing a couple, a little bit of feedback on what they could change with things. And so with that, we really got kind of that good working relationship. And so we've, we've grown and we've done multi-part, you know, assemblies with them, print in place channeling, um, you know, hollowing out objects and everything else. And so really getting that in-depth knowledge of what somebody's doing has been critical in the industry um, because even another industry we worked with their engineers they provided us some feedback on a particular uh, project we were doing with them and it just so happened that we said hey here's a crazy out of the box you know i'm i'm not a traditional mechanical engineer you know my background is computer engineering so i'm more into the software side of things but let's take this in a different approach you know we can we can kind of scan this thing and be able to do that and get some of the feedback for what's actually happening in the assembly process of this part and be able to tailor it specifically to you instead of just saying, well, here's an off-the-shelf solution. We're going to copy this thing, you know, kind of adjust it for the size for what you need and, and do that, really working through that iterative process. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think big part of that trust we're talking about is your you know, technical expertise. And it doesn't just happen because you have to do your research, you have to be willing to look into these things, always coming back with information they need. So I know you're really good at those types of things, and I think that's what's really building those wonderful relationships. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think it's that, you know, we take it as an aspect of that we don't have to get it right the first time. You know, you got to accept the failures and learn how something shouldn't be done to really see what's going to better that at the end of the day. So. Um, a lot of the time, it's just working with those customers and saying, here's five different iterations of something, and we're going to work through the process and find what we like and don't like. What advice do you have for current or prospective students as they begin or continue their higher education journeys? I think the, the most that I can say for current and prospective students is um, don't be afraid to try something new. Uh, mm-hmm. We've, through the, the Idea Lab, done a number of projects for students that aren't traditional engineers, um, you know, and really getting to know a new technology. And we have an open door policy there that, you know, students can come in and, you know, learn about 3D printing, try out the machines, anything else. And that is such a big thing right now to be able to gain that firsthand experience because we're seeing 3D printing show up in businesses that you would never think traditionally. Um, we're solving different problems and, and obviously different programs with 3D printing. So I know even like our occupational therapy uh, program, we've been doing a bunch of 3D printing and we did a whole tour for a couple of the classes because it's a really big thing in occupational therapy, being able to customize and 3D print these, you know, different um, mechanisms for people and be able to tailor it to them specifically and be able to, you know, inexpensively replicate different things. So it's, it's not in just traditional engineering rules that we're seeing that. So 
we've we've actually had a number of students that have just kind of taken an interest from other programs and came in and i think that that's awesome yeah i think possibilities are limitless and especially for those who are in non-technology disciplines i mean students don't know until they try these newly emerging technologies and i think that's what you're experiencing with our ota occupational therapy assistant program yep. students yeah absolutely i think that the you know we're, we're seeing that growth with them and um really not being um afraid to approach a new technology which is yep. i think always critical for growth yep and it requires some courage <laughs> It also requires your willingness to be uncomfortable. Absolutely. But you have to pay for these things. Yep. In yep. this case, being uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else you'd like to share with us? No, I, as I said, I think really, you know, we've got an open door policy at the Idea Lab. So, you know, I always tell people if you're in the area, stop in, check it out. Um, it's a spectacular space and really a great asset to the community. And yeah. I, I want to thank, you know, yourself and Penn State for the opportunity to continue to, to grow the Idea Lab the way that we have. Yeah, I, I strongly recommend that all of you out there at least pay a visit to our Idea Lab once, and then I think you'll be really blown away. <laughs> <laughs> So, Johnny, thank you so much for joining us today. I enjoyed our conversation a lot. Thank you, JR. I did as well. Thank you for spending your time with us today. Remember, being mindful, compassionate, and kind will go a long way. <laughs>